Welcome to the Atlanta Sports Podcast, a recap of the week in Atlanta sports, created by Atlanta sports fans for Atlanta sports fans. Welcome to episode nine of the Atlanta Sports Podcast. I'm going to go ahead and uh, knock this out early. We've loved communicating with you on Twitter, but if you're not following us, please go ahead and do that. You can find us at ATL Sport Podcast. That's ATL Sport Podcast. And also check out our website, which we've been uh, updating and posting some content to. Uh, and you can find some information about the Falcons' first round draft pick coming up. And then uh, later this week, we'll be posting about our second round pick as well. So, and you can also even find our podcast there on the website. So check that out if you haven't. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it and uh, and get started with something that's been brought back by popular demand, the XFL recap. And to be honest, I have nothing to contribute here because like a normal person, I don't watch it. Well, like a normal American, I do watch the XFL. Uh, last weekend was arousing uh, round of episode uh, games. <laughs> really really exciting. Was, hey. <laughs> it was it was arousing. <laughs> <laughs> the uh we had the clash of the texans houston versus dallas roughnecks versus the renegades jeremy did he say arousing uh, did i hear that right i think he said arousing he's he's good jeremy i thought you were backing me up on this i thought uh, the xfl was not, our thing yeah i love the xfl it's been great i mean it gives me something to do instead of sitting the cold rochester uh, weather so it's an escape from reality for a couple hours i do Saturday i do absolutely any- I'd do absolutely anything besides sit in Rochester. But that's for another show. So a week five standings update. The West is really a one-team show. The Houston Roughnecks, 5-0. and Got a com- commanding three-game lead. Um, they're really just the, the surprise of the XFL. Uh, the East, it's a tight battle. You've got the D.C. Defenders, the St. Louis Blackhawks, and the New York Guardians, all sitting on top of the division at three and two, uh, with the lonely Tampa Bay Vipers, quarterbacked by the famous UGA alum Aaron Murray, or he might be on the bench already. Probably. Do we need to let uh, Daniel know of the chain, the difference between the XFL and NFL, to where they can gain up to three points on the after touchdown conversion? That's correct. It's it's they've had some great rule changes. Yeah. You False. can go for one one point, two point or three points, if I'm correct. The uh the kickoff, I kinda like how they do in the kickoffs. Uh where the the coverage team lines up. I can't I don't remember the yardages to get it correct. But I think about the thirty yard line on the kicking on the receiving end of the field. And nobody can move until the the kick returner catches the football. Uh, it's some really exciting stuff. You just got to watch it to really understand how awesome. When I saw it on a TV as I was picking up some food the other night, and basically it was like a a, a car wreck. I couldn't look away. It was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Well, this week's game kind of ended in scandal too with the referees. I mean, with two seconds left in the Seattle Houston game. The Seattle sh- should have had a chance to tie the game, but they instead ruled that the clock had ran out, which they were down nine points, which in most games it would be over. But since they have that three point conversion, you know, they, they still have the chance to score the 
touchdown and get the three-point conversion. Shocker, a WWE-controlled event ended in, in scandal. But the possibilities are endless with the three-point conversion. I Actually, mean, will they are endless because next year there won't be an XFL because nobody cares about it. I don't know. I think I think they're invested Ooh. enough. They're, they're going to at least do one more year. I mean, it's not like the AAF to where they didn't have any money after week three. Well, after that invigorating, I'm going to make sure I use my words right, unlike Garrett, that invigorating arousing, XFL, arousing? <laughs> XFL <laughs> recap. It, <laughs> oh, gosh. Garrett now has sound effects, which is not a good thing. Uh, let's transition into something that Atlanta people do care about, and that's uh, our Atlanta Braves. And uh, we've got a little... <laughs> that's outstanding. That... That was that was top notch material right there. We're, look at the podcast getting better. Uh, so our our Braves Garrett's had our uh, our episodes of uh, Braves spring training overreaction. So Garrett, do you have our uh, third installment of our uh, Braves spring training overreaction? Uh, not a whole lot of overreaction on my part. But sounds like Jeremy, you got something to add? I think we need to trade Azuna, don't we? Isn't that a I mean, he's well, like he is, one for 12 to start the offseason or something. Yeah. I mean, he's still sitting the bench on my uh, starting lineup. Yeah, Zuna's um, batting a, a sweet 0-54. Uh, it's yeah. Of- it's, it's, the outfield's actually getting thin. We're going with a two-man outfield with Play a short Acuna, fielder like softball. Even, even though Acuna's pretty terrible so far. <laughs> I think 0-3 with three strikeouts was one of his games this weekend. Uh, Acuna, a Duval, two man outfield. Uh, so well, Duval's you know. been pretty good so far. I mean, from the one, oh, yeah. Out. I mean, that, that's why he's out there. None, <laughs> I just can't put any of them, the rest of them in the outfield. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I was thinking Camargo as kind of that roving short, uh, short field. But I mean, the, the, it, wor- the it works for us. The main thing I kind of care about, which I care about in any game, it doesn't matter. It's just that the players stay healthy. So I'm just glad that we haven't had any injuries outside of Hamill, which was kind of already done, I believe. I don't think that was spring training. And right. I don't think anybody's surprised Hamill's got hurt. I don't. I'm, I wasn't super stoked when he picked him up, and I'm really not expecting a lot of him, a lot out of him, anyways. So not not too surprised that he got hurt. Although surprised he was throwing a, a heavy ball and got hurt throwing a heavy ball. Like, dude, you're old. Stop throwing a heavy ball. Yeah, I'm sure he'll uh, ask you next time. He should. For, uh, if he tunes into the podcast, we'd, we'd guide yeah, him. That you're really there. Uh, so one thing I wanted to bring up was, did y'all watch the all-access Braves game uh, Friday? I did not. Fill, fill us in on the blanks. Jeremy, you did? Yeah, I watched it as well. Yeah, it was... I enjoyed it, other than the multiple technical difficulties that ESPN had, uh, where the Braves players couldn't hear the announcers half the time. But I thought it was awesome because you got a guy like Freddie who really doesn't talk a lot. You know, even in interviews, you, you just don't hear a lot from Freddie, but you always see him talking out uh, when he's out at first base. So to hear him. Loosen up and talk, and you know he's a pretty funny guy. It was awesome. Yeah, and to have Chipper Jones doing it as well. That was that was pretty cool to have kind of the combination of those two. And you know it'll be. I, I hope they do a lot more of that in the spring training because it made it 
kind of watchable for a game that didn't really have much meaning. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'll admit, that's the first spring training game that I've watched from start to finish. Um, yeah, definitely from start to finish. Of, yeah, because of all access. And even uh, Acuna and Ozzy, it was good to hear them. I mean, we all know how close they are, and they're always joking around with each other. Um, but they were mic'd up at the same time. And it was mainly Ozzy. Acuna didn't say a ton. But it was funny to hear Ozzy, you know, tell the announcers only to talk to Acuna in English and make him respond in English because he can do it, which I think is that's what, as a Braves fan, I'm hoping uh, to hear more from Acuna and not use a translator so much, um, which I, I believe is his plan this year from what I've heard. Um, but then Ozzy said when they're together during the season or on the road, they hang out, they eat every meal together, they hang out all day play video games, watch TV, watch film, and, and whatnot. Just kind of, they are really constantly with each other. Yeah, and it should be a really fun team to watch this year. I mean, we have, you know, a lot of a lot of young players coming up, a lot of energy. It's kind of what yeah, I'd like I, to see from the Hawks on defense. But <laughs> team. Yeah. We'll update, they are holding the Hornets to 67 points here halfway through the third quarter. Don't jump too quick for Hawks talk. That's under under <laughs> under our a, league average. Just a quick in-game update. Hawks up 75-69. A little preview. And, yeah, a little preview. All right, Garrett. So what else do you have on uh, that uh, spring, so, spring training game? With you <laughs> so, so last comment. Uh, Azuna is one of the guys I really hated from the Cardinals series. And if he... Obviously, if he performs well for us, I don't care how he is as a person. But uh, it was it was funny <laughs> to hear. I think Ozzy Acuna was dogging him in the outfield when he didn't catch a ball, and uh, I think it was was Ozzy who said that Azuna has um, kind of meshed well with the team and get gets along with everybody, and uh, you know is joking around with everybody and isn't just a complete loser that I pictured him after being on that Cardinals team. Well, I'm, I'm glad it didn't rub off of his manager because that manager couldn't be any more less likable after that little diatribe he put together after the Brave series. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking for <laughs> I'm looking for Fulty, uh, not to not to being one of their players, but to just somehow throw at the manager when he's in the dugout. Yeah. That'd be nice. Oh my gosh. I co All right, so we've got some spots open for the Braves that we got to sort of uh, sort of iron out. So AJC had an article from Tim Tucker about uh, the final roster spots for the Braves, and really there was there was three spots that he sort of focused in on. Of course, the one we've talked about quite a bit with third base in that Riley Camargo battle. Uh, he talked about two open spots in the rotation, and then also the bullpen. So. Apparently, Snicker said that with that third base battle, that he really only only intends to take one of those two guys into the season. The other one would go down to Triple A because he thinks it would benefit more, them more to be down there. But uh, but what do you guys think so far of that Riley Camargo battle? They're both hitting three oh four. Riley's leading with a couple more home with two home runs compared to, to Camargo's one. But what are your thoughts of that battle so far throughout through spring training? Well, I think it's a terrible decision to kind of only say that we're going to take one. Uh you know, the start of the season. I mean, wh- who cares if we win AAA games? I mean, who care? You know, there's enough starts on the team. Play them in right field. Play them in, you know, left field. I mean, 
Riley has played outfield for us last year. You would hope we get, you know, Freddie Freeman some more days off this year. So we should be be able to paste them together and start for, you know, us to need both of them throughout this year. If we don't play everybody yeah. 160 games a year. Right. And I, I really think that battle is going to continue on into the regular season. You know, I think, or my opinion is they want Riley to win that, win that job because he's got more of a future opportunity. Um, but I, I agree. I think you got to bring, I think if, if they put Riley as the third baseman, your quote unquote starter at third, you still got to put Camargo, uh, on the team just because of his versatility. Like you also, said. I mean, what's Camargo going to do if we send him down to the minors? I mean, last year when he didn't get the starting job, you know, he kind of sulked around for half the year and, and played terrible. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that, yeah, I mean, that's my concern too, though. It, the, he sulked last year. So is he going to sulk again if he doesn't get the spot? Then yeah, that was my do? same thought too. Of Let's say you, you put him on the bench. Like he, you know, he played off the bench some last year too. He wasn't great off the bench. I mean, he talked about he wasn't great off the bench because of his because of his attitude about it. So uh, I'm sort of fearful as well. Of do you put him on the bench and does he does he sort of not do anything, or is it maybe a, a trade piece that you can package him and one of the young guys and get somebody else? Yeah, if you're not if you're not going to play him, if you're not keeping the majors, I would just say you end up trying to package him for a start. You know, a better starter. Or, you know, can he can Camargo catch? Because I'm looking at my list, and I'd love to drop off Tyler Flowers. <laughs> yeah. I wish he could catch. That'd yeah. be fantastic. I'm not, He can't be any worse. At least he can hit. So what's the difference? Because <laughs> Tyler Flowers can't catch the ball either. Yeah, he doesn't catch very well, and he doesn't yeah. have an arm. So yeah, it's and true, he can't man. hit. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's just a body. He's like a substitute teacher. Yeah, well, the thing just we're right, the I mean, room. Camargo's played no outfield that I know about, so it I don't think that that's really an option for him. Although Chipper plays him outfield, so you know maybe I, it boy, is. I, if, you, if you're putting Riley out there, or even Duval, it's like or Ozuna. Sure, I mean, Ozuna's sure, not a defender. Surely Camargo can do it. I, yeah. you know. So are y'all both agreeing you want Riley to be the guy? Like you'd prefer to see Riley, or do you care just take the whoever's hotter at the time? Oh, I, t- I take I let whoever wins the position, you know, have the position, but. I think we have enough starts if, you know, Snidger doesn't play everybody 160 games that, you know, we should be able to carry both. Yeah, I agree. I mean, start whoever's hotter. I think just at this point in spring training, they're pretty much neck and neck. So I mean, They really are. They're both hitting identical. Like, yeah, they've, there's really not much separating the two right now. And they both are a pretty good defensive third baseman. You know, Camargo's got a cannon, so – It'll be interesting to see how that one works out. How about the rotation? So, obviously, with Cole Hamels going down, when he gets back, he'll fill one of those spots. But in the meantime, you've got sort of three guys vying for the two open spots. You've got Sean Newcomb, uh, who's got a, a, an even two ERA, Felix Hernandez with a 208. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you saying King Felix doesn't already have a spot? I'm saying King Felix does not already have a spot. So you got Oh, you're kidding Newcomb, Felix, and Kyle Wright with the two sixteen. So, apparently, Garrett, you think there's only one spot? You think King Felix already has solidified himself for one of them? Have you seen him pitch? He he's been good. I'm not disagreeing. Have, he's, have you seen him pitch? Good. 
<laughs> I have actually seen a pitch, but not a full game, like just watching highlights on the Twitter. I mean, I might put him at the three spot ahead of Fulty. I would put almost anybody ahead of Fulty. So you're not you're not going to find any disagreement from me there. So what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think so he at I least can- starts in the rotation. I mean. Yeah, I do too. All right, so then if you're saying Felix has one, then which of the other two? You bringing in Newcomb or are you bringing in Kyle Wright? I I personally have seen enough out of Newcomb. What have we had three years of starts out of him or two? But either way, like I've seen, I don't just know. He just he doesn't seem to have that it factor of a starting pitcher. He's got fantastic stuff, but he seems to get shelled. Um, so I, I actually would rather see Kyle Wright start the season. But I think what will happen is Newcomb will get it just because he has experience, and Kyle Wright will continue to wait. No, I hope that doesn't happen. I mean, I want Kyle Wright too. I think he's pitched better consistently. Although, you know, last year he was kind of a rough start in the major leagues for him. Hopefully he's learned from that and can step up and, you know, grab that position. I mean, he's been great so far other than a little bit of, you know, trouble with the walks. Yeah, y'all, y'all must be reading my notes. I've got Kyle Wright there. You yeah, got him starting real- at that last spot? It- yeah, I'm Sirocco, Freed, Fulte, Felix, and then Wright. But at some point, we got to start. I mean, at some point, we got to start trading some of these, you know, younger players who are starting to, you know, be blocked in their positions. Like, I mean, if Camargo is not the guy, if Riley's not the guy, we need to figure out, you know, where we're weak and what we need to upgrade, basically. So, are you saying Newcomb's one of those guys you move, or that you move yes. him down to the bullpen? No, I'd, I'd trade Newcomb. See, I, I've got him in the bullpen right now. So if yeah, you move Newcomb to the bullpen, that sort of answers the next question, or what do we do with the next question? You need a long reliever out of the bullpen, and usually, or at least last year, Josh Tomlin was that guy. So do you make do you make Newcomb that long reliever guy? And now he fits that mold of a lefty reliever as well, which we also need. Yeah. I mean, I've got Tomlin still. Well, actually, so on my, my – uh, 25 man roster i've got 26 so i've got to trim somebody again i'm hoping it's tyler flowers didn't they expand it to 26 now yeah is it 26 now oh yeah. Uh, yeah that's right you're right you're right because of the, cause, knowledge cause of, you're right well i probably got because of the pitching change so that kind of that kind of changes it but yeah i've got newcomb in the bullpen as a lefty so i've got three lefties in the bullpen with with newcomb in there all right, who else do you have with Newcomb in the bullpen? So you said Newcomb, Josh Tomlin, who else? And don't so say got, AJ Minter or uh, Sabatka because those two just got options to AAA. No, I know that. I know. That. I got Luke, Will Smith, Luke Jackson, obviously. lefty. Yeah, Will, Will get, Smith, the actor, is a pitcher. You, I wish you knew about baseball. I really did. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want you to name five bullpen pitchers for the Braves. Five bullpen pitchers. All right. You ready for this? Uh, Grant Dayton. From Tyler Matzik. Philip <laughs> Pfeiffer. Fucks? Chad Sabatka. Tuki Toussaint. Patrick Weigel. I took notes. Tuki is prepared. in AAA. And he's a starter. All right. Back to this. Back to this. All right. So I've got Will Smith lefty. Sean Newcomb lefty. I've got Pfeiffer lefty. And then I've got Mark Melanson. Luke How Jackson. Can we can we re- revisit Daniel's pitchers he named? He didn't name any of our top relievers. <laughs> those are all of our. He, those he, are all he just went, vying for this position. No, they're not. Sabaka's gone. Well, I know. But I told you he was gone. I understand that. And Minter's AAA. Tu- and Tuki is not vying for a position. Tuki's in AAA. 
Will Smith. Shane Green. So I, I've Chris got... Martin. Oh, no. <laughs> Patrick so Weigel got... hasn't re- allowed a run this season. You don't have him on the... You don't Will have you him on stop? The it's like you're reading... I'm going to quit sending you my notes. <laughs> you won't even let me go through my bullpen. I got Smith, Melanson, Luke Jackson, Chris Martin, Sean Newcomb, Tomlin, Pfeiffer. And then, yes, I've got Patrick Weigel uh, instead of Shane Green because I want Shane gone. What? What? It, it, She's terrible. I've seen enough You're, of him. You got to drop your your Michelle Pfeiffer and replace him with Patrick Weigel, and then you're good. No, Jane Green's not them. going anywhere. No, yeah, I know he's terrible. He's terrible. I've got Pfeiffer because he's a lefty. Weigel's a righty, so he's replacing Green. Pfeiffer and Weigel have pitched the most innings out of the bullpen guys, and have some of the lowest whips on the team. And they both only walked one guy each in spring training. So I want them both. Weigel's a beast. 6'6". Six, six, he's a beast. I agree, but based Shane on Green, the amount of money they're paying Shane Green, he's not going anywhere. Nah, they're going to trade him. They're going to cut him loose. They're going to do something. Just wait. And you also can't have enough arms. So what's going to happen is that Philip Pfeiffer is going to go to AAA, and then when somebody gets hurt, which they will, then he'll come up. No, nah, we got Green's enough not going arms anywhere. Now. You just said that. We got enough arms. Shane Green's terrible, though. It, who cares if we have an arm? He was if an he's all terrible. star last year. Not when he was he in the National here. League. Yeah, before. Yeah. And the National okay. League's harder to pitch against than, than the American League. Well, apparently, because he was terrible. You're, you're becoming I, one of those Atlanta list. sports fans who reacts no, too quickly my, and wants to get you, rid of everybody. No, I'm just saying. I got a better guy. Patrick Weigel's better than Shane Green. So I like Patrick Weigel, but Philip Pfeiffer is coming up. All right, well. We shall see though. We'll we'll be able to put the, we need to come back to this once the roster gets put together and see. Who who you got? you were just throwing Pfeiffer out there. So who you got? Well, we know we know the bullpen Daniel put together is never gonna make it because he didn't. No, I was just naming some relievers. extra names. So you, I know you the other people. Coming out first in the bull from the bullpen. <laughs> Greg Jones. <laughs> Oh, what about no, I was just naming some random people that would, would shot Garrett. And they were also written on my notes, so that helped as well. All right, Jeremy, how about you? Are you are you fine with the uh the bullpen? Who's your uh who's your is Shane Green staying for you? Is he going? Yeah. No, I think he's gotta be here for this year. I mean you you're paying him what's seven million dollars basically. So you regardless of, you know, his kind of spring performance, which has been pretty pretty awful so far. He had a good performance finally uh, two days ago, but uh, I think you just got to hope he turns around, or returns to the form he had last year in the American. All League. right, not, not as much. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Garrett's a doubter. So let's transition a little bit to uh, some of our NBA talk with. Uh, the Hawks, we have a couple things going on with the Hawks. Of course, uh, ESPN released that uh, NBA Top 25 Under 25 list, and uh, we're going we're gonna to take a look at that. But before we do, I had quite the Twitter battle over, I want to say it was over the weekend, maybe it started on Friday, about, uh, about our, our coach Lloyd Pierce. Uh, with uh, I'll give the guy a shout-out on the Twitter. He was uh, at HawkStan1. And uh, he was talking about how the Hawks are, you know, we have to have patience because the Hawks are are a youthful team and how we all want to have patience in their progress, but that we don't show that same patience with Lloyd Pierce, in which I responded something to the effect of Lloyd Pierce should be fired. He's terrible. 
Am I wrong? Is, is Lloyd Pierce the answer and I'm just uh, not patient like I was telling Garrett he wasn't? I don't think he's the answer, but you're not going to fire him after this year. I, oh, I he's, agree. I, he's sticking around this year, but next year, done, is Lloyd Pierce the coach? Yeah, I mean, I think he starts the coaches next year. I mean, he's done a p- pretty good job. I, I, you know, I, I always wonder how much credit a coach should get for developing players, but he has developed Trey and John r- really well, and we're seeing some flashes from Cam Reddish. But, you know, at the same point, you've got Hunter that hasn't done a whole lot. And our defensive effort is just terrible. And Our the, defense is one of the worst in the NBA. And that's not like overreaction. That's statistically one of the worst defenses in the NBA from a, hot, from a coach who claims he's a defensive coach. But I also don't have patience with him because it's not like, yes, he's a, in his second year as a head coach. But the guy's been coaching the NBA for a long time. He's been assistant for a long time. I mean, he's an assistant on the the U.S. national team. I mean, it's not like the guy's inexperienced. So I, I don't really have any patience for somebody that can't draw up inbounds plays, who's a defensive coach but but has a terrible defense. I understand he's a a, a developer of talent, and I'm with you, Jeremy. Like, how much of that is him, and how much is that just these guys were good? Um, I just I don't know. I just don't have much patience for. Uh, for him sticking around because I have expectations for us to be in the playoffs next year. And I just don't think Lloyd Pierce is that coach to be able to do that. When the rotations are one of the more worrying things for him. I mean, if you watch the Hawks every game, some of the, you know, position by position matchups he puts together where Cam, John Collins and Trey are hardly ever on the floor. I mean, that's, that's maddening to me. I mean, we want to see those guys play together. And for some reason he, he falls in love with, you know, Herder and some of the other players, and and yeah, he's had Cam, he's had Cam coming off the bench here as of late. And to me, I'd, I'd like to see him starting every night. Really, I mean, yeah, I agree. 100%. I don't think there's any reason not to. All right, so you're saying he's coming back next year? I think there's no way. Garrett, be the be the tiebreaker. I think he's gone. I hope he's gone. As I'm watching the Hawks, who blew their lead and they're only up by one now after only six minutes of play. Yeah, so, the shocker. The defense I, just is watching this down. defense is terrible. So <laughs> no, I, I think he's gone. I think the team realizes he's not the answer, and hopefully they make some moves or have a good draft pick. We get even better this off season and bring in a better coach to make a, I don't know, a, a better scheme, a better fit, and just some clear direction for this team. And just get effort out of the. I mean, we've got a young team, so really, defensive effort isn't something you'd figure we'd have a problem with, but it it consistently is. Yeah, shockingly, we do. I saw a, a hilarious. Well, I I say it was hilarious. A video of uh, one of the Hawks in their uh, in their timeout huddle, and there was more coaches standing around Lloyd Pierce listening than there were players, which tells me they he doesn't have the team. Like they don't they aren't interested in what he's saying. They've tuned him out, and I hope they bring in an experienced coach. Although some of the names I heard, things like Stan Van Gundy and Mike D'Antoni, talking about bringing him over, there I do not want either of those guys. But I would yeah, like I, to be an experienced coach here. I, I'm not even going to pretend to know who's a good coaching candidate for the Hawks. But His somebody. name is Mike Budenholzer, and we let him go. Well, um, well, his problem was he was a terrible GM, and for some reason he wanted that position. Agreed. And he had a DUI. 
That was that was before he even coached a game. He had a DUI. That was not a good. Look. I know. It was already strike one, man. Yeah, that was not good. All right. So NBA top twenty-five under twenty-five. We've got Trey Young and John Collins making the list. Trey comes in at number eight. When shockingly he didn't even make the list last year. Uh, and then uh, John Collins comes in at number twenty-four. Uh, Young this year is almost like point six points away from uh, from averaging. 30 and nine for the year. And that would be the the first player to do that in a season or the only other players to do that in a season were Oscar Robinson, Robertson, uh, Russell Westbrook and, and tiny Archibald. Uh, and Collins is averaging 21 and 10. So both of them are having pretty ridiculous years. Uh, Collins, obviously missing those 25 games from the suspension would have, would have been a different story, I think for the Hawks overall. But what do y'all uh, think of those numbers, Jeremy, who, who comes in above, Trey Young at number eight. I'm interested to hear the the other seven above him. So of course, Luca was number one. Zion was Luca number was two. number one. Yeah. How? Hang on. How hang was on. Zion, Zion? number two? <laughs> yeah, he's. A, I mean, it's just it's potential. So I mean, future potential. So potential for busted knees. Yeah, I was about to say uh, injury. A large man running up and down court. Potential to weigh 350 pounds on the NBA court. I think that's what. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm shocked that Zion came. I, I knew he'd be on the list, obviously, because he's uh, the ESPN Zion hype machine is real. But number two is uh, is a little strong. All right, who else is up there? Three is J- Jason Tatum. Tatum's he's good. He a, he's yeah, good plays player. both ends of the floor. I, I, mean, I can't disagree with Tatum being up there. Yeah, Ben Simmons comes in at number four. That one... <laughs> Ben Haven't Simmons we seen the best shoot. of him already? Yeah, he is. No, he's not in my top 10 on the top 25. He's on the list because he's a seven footer that plays point guard, basically. But yeah, cr- a crazy note about Simmons, though, he's attempted only 15 shots outside of the paint this season. I mean, how do you do Damn. that? Only 15? Yeah. That's unbelievable. He's a guard. That's like Garrett Church League basketball numbers, except now he shoots the three for some reason. He's a guard. Because I, I make the three. How do you only shoot 15 shots outside of the paint? I mean, I, that's tough. Wouldn't you dare that, him to shoot? Just leave him alone in the corner and just let him that's, shoot. That's shocking. Like 15 shots. I, I agree. I don't know how you do that. You feel like, did they forget to put a zero on that? And it's a typo? Like 15 shots? That seems impossible. And then uh, Anthony Towns is at five. Donovan Mitchell is at six. Morant is at seven. And then Trey Young. Morant's kind of surprising too. Yeah, that's a little a little rich as well. Morant, he's he obviously is good, and he also is that highlight. Yeah, a, real I mean, Morant's a really good done. player. I don't have as much problem with him as I might Simmons, who just refuses to shoot as a guard. And and I like Donovan Mitchell too, so I can't argue Donovan Mitchell. But are you telling me you take John Morant over over Trey Young in a draft right now? I mean, uh, I'm way beyond bias on Trey Young. I can't I can't answer that objectively. The Trey Lo- Trey Young love on this podcast is real, so uh, you know that is true. We do uh, we do have some major Trey Young love. Has the only is thing, Trey Young I, listening right now? Do we, has that been confirmed? It has not been has confirmed, he, but it should happen. It should. He should be the first guest on the Atlanta Sports Podcast, Mister Trey Young. So the one thing I know that it holds Trey Young back, and and everybody points to, is that defense. And I agree that there are times when you watch and you're like, man, what are you doing? 
it's almost like he's saving energy for the other end of the floor because it's basically if he doesn't score, there's a high probability that nobody else on the team is going to be able to score. But you also times see him almost like he gets frustrated and can play defense. Like I've I've seen that like the the switch get flipped and he wants to play defense and lock somebody down. I don't know if it's set on the court or what happens, but he's a capable defender when he wants to be, which tells me as we improve and continue to get better, this whole talk of he can't play defense will go away because we'll have a better unit around him where he doesn't have to exude 100% effort on that offensive end. Yeah, and how is it fair to put all of our defense? It seems like we want to put all the defensive problems for the Hawks on Trey Young, and that's all people want to complain about. And it's like, we're a terrible team defensively. Like, Trey Young has had spots, like you said, where he's played bad defense. But, you know, let's let's give him a break and see what happens when we put, you know, continue to put better places around him. Like, when we get Capella in there, I think that'll be a huge help for him on offense and defense. I agree. It'll be interesting to see how that, how that dynamic changes once uh, Capella gets there and how the rotations change. If Capella calls it better from that back end, because, you know, on defense, that center is really sort of that that point guard of the defense sort of calling out stuff. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how the defensive rotations and stuff change or if they improve with Capella back there, because he definitely is a great defender. So that will be an interesting, uh, interesting component. It'll be interesting to get him back. All right. Well, that is it for episode nine of the Atlanta sportscast. I hope I said nine at the start of this. All of a sudden I'm questioning if I said nine or if I said eight, but we are at episode nine. Shockingly, it's flying by. Uh, thank you as always for listening. Guys, thank you all as well for all of your, uh, well, I don't know if I want to thank you for your XFL comments. Those are pretty terrible. But other than that, pretty top-notch show tonight. (laughs) Oh, man, Garrett's sound effects, never good. Episode 9 is officially in the books. As always, thank you for listening. If you don't already, check us out on Twitter. You can find us at ATL Sport Podcast. You can also find our content on our website and our podcast episodes at theatlantasportspodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great week, Atlanta.